we are in, a indu- in an industry where it's still pretty broken. You know, like the, the job search in general still hasn't seen that breakthrough. It's going to happen. In the next 10 years, we're going to see a massive change in our industry, but it, doesn't, it hasn't happened. So you have a lot of people that are, that are not happy with the way the job search is going. Welcome to the Strategy and Leadership Podcast, the podcast that brings you practical advice, lessons, and stories from senior leaders and thought leaders from around the world. The Strategy and Leadership Podcast is brought to you by SME Strategy, working with organizations around the world to create and implement their strategic plans. To learn more, visit smestrategy.net. And now, your host, Anthony Taylor. Hello, folks. Bonjour, folks. Welcome to this episode of the Strategy and Leadership Podcast to honor our guest today, Lucas Martinez. I told them I do it Canadian Prime Minister style, where you do it both French and English. But Lucas, our guest, is the co-founder and co-CEO of Talent.com. Lucas, what's happening today? Uh, bonjour. Hi, Anthony, as we say uh, in uh, in Montreal. So very happy, uh, very happy to be here today. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. So uh, Talent.com, Founded in Montreal. So for those of you that have been listening for a while, I'm on the West Coast, Montreal, somewhere in the middle. And uh, it's an amazing success story that you might not have heard of. So Lucas, you want to tell our listeners a little bit about Talent.com, its origins, and then how, what your journey has been just briefly in that. Yeah, sure. So Talent.com is actually a story of three friends. You know, we started in Montreal. One is from Montreal. The other two, including myself and and Max, we are from uh, we are from Geneva in Switzerland, where we started together. We all ended up pretty much living in different places around the world. Ben, who was already in Montreal, Max in London, me in Dubai, decided to join forces and 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 start a company. We were 27 at the time. Ben had the original idea in Montreal, so. Uh, we decided to move uh, in Montreal. In Montreal, we, the, the 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 story goes that it was better to start in North America in co- a company, a, you know, like a, like a, a job site because innovation started in the U.S. and is in the U.S. in our space. But the reality is that he was uh, he had a partner, uh, and Maxime and I didn't. So at the time, so that's why we moved to to Montreal. And so from there, you know, like three guys that were not from the industry and that started to learn. And that was a tough one, right? So we were very close to go bankrupt. We managed to raise money after year one. We changed the business model like countless of times in, in 12 months, mostly selling in Quebec at first. I was the, the regional sales guy there. And at some point, we managed to find product market fit, managed to sell. And this, this is when it started to grow. At the same time, we really managed to, to raise some funds. We raised a round of $1.2 million Canadian money as we like to call them Canadian pesos. From that moment on, like this was like, we really started to grow. And today we are one of the largest job sites in the planet. It's around uh, two people uh, per minute, per minute that find a job on our platform around the world in 79 countries and uh, in 22 languages. Now we have around 500 people working in the company and from pretty much all around. So we have our headquarters in Montreal with offices in Colombia and Medellin, where we have uh, many of our engineers. Uh, in the U.S. and Chicago, European headquarters in Lausanne and Switzerland, and we have uh, different offices, sales offices, as well as a new office in, in Barcelona as well for product engineering. Perfect. And that's where you are today? That's where I am today. Exactly. I've been here for a year now, uh, opening a new office, uh, traveling a lot in this in this new world, still uh, headed, headed, heading back to the U.S. and Canada every every single month. 
That's awesome. Well, I'm just, it's so cool to hear about the success and it's neat to see like just a leader like you, not only being Canadian or Swiss technically, but, you know, calling from Barcelona, I really want to be able to provide that uh, global perspective on business. Cause I think culturally there are of course a lot of differences, but there's a lot of similarities. It's, you know, we're, as we get into it. So, I mean, maybe my first question is as a CEO of a growing company who might not have expected at 27 that you are going to get to where you are, although you have a killer domain name. What's it been like growing a global company in all of those various areas in such an interesting and evolving space? Yeah, so I think that the luck that we had from day one is that this is not a, a, a one-player-takes-it-all type of industry. And that, that was our luck because the reality is that we didn't know much, you know, like the, the, at first, when we first started, like we were just like very excited, but probably very stupid as well. We didn't know very much what we were doing. We made a lot of mistakes, but we had so much passion and so much grit that we, you know, we didn't have, you know, we didn't have ego. So we changed our model until it worked. So I would say, I would say that first year was really the toughest because we didn't know if we were going to, you know, you know, just be there uh, a year down the road. And then once we reached that moment where we knew that this was going to go somewhere, we, we really enjoyed our, our, our ride. From that moment on, it was like, okay, let's make sure that we, can, we don't have to go back and, uh, and, and look, for, look for jobs. Uh, we raised money and we've been profitable ever since, right? That was the goal. And so we, we did that for uh, kind of eight years this way, you know, like growing at, uh, you know, growing at 50% per, per year. So we started with like 50,000, 250, and 500, and 1 million, and two, and it starts to compound, right? It starts to grow a lot, a lot faster. And at some point, you know, the, 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 the original business angels wanted to see the color of their money. And so we, we ran a process. Uh, and at that moment, we didn't really realize it. We thought we were this uh, cool startup, and I, I'm, I'm sure we are, and I have to say that we are. Um, but we were a family-owned company, you know, like we have three very close friends. I, I don't think we were that professional if you think about like the revenues that we were generating already and the number of people that we had. And so when we went through that process, we used an investment bank. It was the first time we actually talked to an investment bank in, in eight years. And we raised money from institutional, um, you know, like um, investors. And so we brought in the Caisse de Depot du Québec, so the, the, the Quebec Pension Fund, uh, who's been great and who helped us really professionalize the company. But the reality is that it, they even told us, guys, like, like you, you know, you, you, there's so many things that need to evolve. You, you, have, a, you have an amazing uh, an amazing team, an amazing product, but we're here to help. And so I think this is really when we realized that that that, that a lot of things needed to to evolve in 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 the, in the you know in the in the right sense of the term for us to to keep growing. Mm. Oh, I love that. It's it's interesting. So for us as a professional services firm that facilitates strategic planning, a lot of the work that we do is not only the planning and that alignment, but getting people that have no business experience to be able to evolve as a, as a team. And what I find interesting also being a Canadian company is the difference in the marketplace. And I don't want to call it the sophistication, but le Canada, c'est petit, comparé to the rest of the world. Like, the U.S. has so many great examples, whereas, you know, there are relatively fewer uh, success stories coming from Montreal versus, you know, a Silicon Valley or a, like Northeast U.S. So what was your experience going through that sophistication being a company from Montreal? Were there any uh, like what was the unique experience, if any? 
Yeah, I think that when we talk about scaling here and really going for the US and really growing from day one, we knew what we wanted to be. And we saw other companies around us that were more like thinking about being growing Quebec and then thinking about growing Canada. From day one, we saw the world as our playground. We were from different places. Uh, we didn't have much work experience. We probably worked like two years before starting the company or three years, but we knew that we wanted to go you know, big, like straight. And so what happened is that we, we, the, 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 the way we created Talent.com, Nouveau at the time, and we changed our name, and luckily. <laughs> and so we, we, we created an indexing machine that scraped every single job in every single career site in 79 countries. So our promise to candidates was to find every single job in every, in, in, in every single uh, economy. And so when we, when we started doing this, we, we straight away thought about going global, but we didn't invest equally in all those markets. We started selling uh, only in Quebec first and then in Canada, because we didn't want to go in, in markets where the go-to-market strategy would be too expensive, you know, like the user acquisition and then having salespeople and understanding the market. So we, we first started with Quebec and then Canada. And we refused to actually go to the U.S. Um, and so many investors already at the time were like, why don't you go to the U.S.? You know, and the reality is that we were not ready because the cost of a mistake in the U.S., if you don't know what you're doing, is way more expensive. Uh, whereas if you do that same mistake in Canada, it's going to be 10 times cheaper. And so Canada in our space, and I think in many spaces, you compete with the best because Americans are, in, are are right there next to you, but you are, and so you are able to, you know, to see and feed from them, and at the same time just compete in your own little backyard. And so once we understood how to really scale and how to make money in the U.S. and how to grow our user base in the U.S., this is really when we when we decided, okay, now we're ready, let's go. Mm-hmm. And it, and it was in 2016, so six years after we debuted, and. We, we tripled our revenues. From, we went from seven, I remember still, we went from seven to 27 million in, in, in one year just because we opened the US, but because we knew what we, were, what, what we could do. And then it really allowed us to really scale around the world because that's what, that's what you got to do. Is like if you, once you open the US and once you nail the US, the rest of the world becomes a lot easier. Yeah, that's awesome. I really like how you guys thought through that strategy. Not only, and I do see a lot of companies, they say, hey, like, what's the upside? But I really appreciate how you considered the potential downside and say, hey, you know, if we're going to do this, we got to do this right. And that you were able to take advantage of that, you know, that scalability within there. The other thing I, I found is cool was just your your promise, your mission and say, hey, you know, we're clear on what we want to deliver. Let's make sure that we can do that right. And let's make sure we do it for that, the, the people that we promise it to. So that's really cool. So shifting gears a little bit, you know, when we when we spoke before the call, you said, hey, I'm a co-CEO with a couple other people. Uh, what's the experience been of being a co-CEO and what are some of the challenges that you've experienced through that tremendous growth as a CEO or as a co-CEO? So I, I think, yeah, there's tons of, uh, of, of, I guess, you know, experiments and also knowledge now after the years. And we're still learning by, by running a company, you know, three of us running a, a company, right? And the, the, the bigger it gets, the, the harder it gets, right? And it's easier when you're small because you're always together uh, and you're always talking to each other. So there is, by default, a lot of alignments. 
Mm. Um, and when you grow, it starts to be a bit more difficult because like, obviously you have your expertise. One is taking care of one area, the other one other, the other one another. And you start talking to more people and obviously you start talking a bit less within each other and the alignment becomes a bit more complex. You add an SMT now as well, executive leaders, them reporting to three people makes things a bit more complex as well. So there are compli- com- you know, complexities like being three while growing and you know, probably at some point we will decide on a professional CEO that will come in you know, and, and, and help us through that and we'll take care of our own you know, would say verticals where we have superpowers. Uh, one would be like sales. The other one is innovation. I'm more on the strategy front, you know, this, and I think this is where we're going to grow maybe in the future. But the reality is so far, it really served us well. Uh, and for several reasons. The first one, I think is when you're small, I think three eco CEOs is better than two because there was always a tiebreaker. And so that really, really changes it because when two are angry, the other ones, the other one is always here and can come and say, Hey guys, I think that, you know, this, this, this thing makes more sense. This is more important. And, and, and this, this is the first thing. And the second thing is that we, in, in order for you to be able to have three co-CEOs or anyone, any company to do that, you need to, to talk things through. I mean, you, you cannot leave you know, like any problem and, and here and at, at night, you know, you need, before we go to bed, we make sure that every single problem is solved. And we, you know, like we, we, we talk it through and sometimes we scream at each other and it's completely normal. Uh, obviously over the time, it's probably not good if employees see you do that because not every employees know you well and know what you, <laughs> what you do every single day. So obviously I think that that was, that, that we, we stopped doing that at the office and now we do this on the phone <laughs> in a small, in a small room. But I think that the, just talking through things is extremely important and then trust, just trust that we're the best at what we do in our, you know, in our superpowers capabilities, you know, like this is, this is something that we talk a lot with each other and that has served us, uh, has served us pretty well. That's awesome. What for you specifically was uh, maybe a humbling experience or a learning experience as you've gone on this this journey of growth in your role? What were you like, ooh, that was a lesson that I'm going to take with me and really, I don't want to say like reflects, but that is, is part of that is now actively part of your decision making or your thinking as it relates to to your role and your work. I, I wouldn't even know where to start. Uh, so many, like every single day, I think there is a humbling experience. Obviously now we just went through a round of financing um, and you see like what we raised and we raised um, like 120 plus 30 in debt. So $150 million and that was great. And this is what you see, right? When you hear about talent.com or when you go check about talent.com. But the reality is that, you know, like we, you, you have refusals, difficult meetings, like people questioning what you do and you everything pretty much of what you do. And this is hard, right? So I think it's you, you, you should always stay humble because the reality is that for one, yes, you got a lot of no's, right? And the same, in, I, I'm, I'm from sales, you know? So uh, <laughs> basically rejection, rejection is, uh, is, uh, is, is what we get every single day in the sales world, right? So this is the other. And I think, that you know we are, we are in, a, in, the, in an industry where it's still pretty broken you know like the the job search in general still hasn't seen that breakthrough it's going to happen in the next 10 years we're going to see a massive change in our industry but it doesn't it hasn't happened so you have a lot of people that are that are not happy with the way the job search is going 
uh, being on the candidate side or sometimes on the employer side as well, right? And I think this is, it, 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 it's, it's a very strong reminder that we need to stay extremely focused all the time and make sure that we work on the right thing. So I think, again, like there is not a single day that we're not reminded that we're not amazing, you know, and that we need to, you need to keep our head down and keep working hard to become better. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's one of the things I took away from that is, you know, as a group of three friends, well, you say, I only need to make sure my two other friends are happy and that we're working <laughs> through the thing. Now with 500 employees that you have that responsibility for, and then, you know, 150 million in series B, you know, there's a lot more demands. And, and I know as a CEO who likes his autonomy, it's kind of challenging when you have to report to other people and that you're accountable to other people. But at the same time, what I hear from what you're saying is it's not just, it's not about the company. As in, if it was just about the company, you would not have grown to this level. You're really, truly committed to the people that you're serving, both job seekers and employers. And that's, you know, I believe that's what takes you through that, that, toughness despite the challenges and you know the stuff that we don't see on a podcast or in a press release so uh, oh yeah yeah 100 percent. and what yeah and what and what you don't see as well is how you know as founders we have to evolve you know like you know we we used to be extremely operational you know like we we needed to be a uh, leadership style was extremely close to people and we need to you know like guide and because we ha- we were always profitable so we need to hire you know more junior people and so we need to we needed to train them, and so we were extremely close and operational. And then you start hiring more mid mid management people, and now senior management. And when you talk to senior senior management, sometimes you feel like, okay, these people are way better than I am in so many subjects. And so I feel like we talk a lot less. I feel like we 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 have to listen a lot more, supposed to and ask more questions. It's a different ball game, and it's less operation. It's sometimes a bit scary. So. Uh, again, maybe not, I would say humbling, but definitely, yeah, humbling in the sense that we're not the best at what we do in, every, in everything we do uh, and that we have to, uh, we, that we have to listen. And that's uh, the, the, the nature of the job is definitely, definitely changing. Yeah. Well, when I, again, heard when you mentioned superpowers earlier, you're keenly aware of your gaps and you're also very aware where your strengths can play the biggest part. And so it'll be very cool to see how the next evolution of talent.com goes and, and how you fit within that. So uh, last question before we finish, uh, you had mentioned the talent marketplace evolving over the next 10 years um, without giving up too much of your secret sauce. You know, what do you see for talent.com within that space? And then what do you see for the space in general? And then we'll call it a day. Well, on our end today, we want to become one of the largest job sites in the planet. Uh, we want to become Pepsi's to Coke. You know, we've been, we've were the hundredth largest site in like just five years ago. And today we're wearing the top three. And so we want to be up there with the, with the, with the large players. And we, we have had everything we need to, uh, to get there. Now the industry is changing and, and for the better, because the reason why it's broken is because job boards do not control most of the application process, everything has to go through uh, through uh, through ATSs or application tracking systems on career side directly, and career, and, and and job boards don't have that much information sometimes on on on, on candidates, and so what's going to happen in the in the next in the next few years is that job boards are going to be able to control a lot more of this process, and so they're going to know a lot more about candidates, and so it's so the marketplace is going to slowly being solved. As it as it was with travel, as it was with you know <clears throat> with with real estate and others, 
And I think that this is going to change a lot. And users are going to be able to see jobs that they're really looking for and that they, that they, that they want to apply to. And the other thing that's going to happen is that we're going to be able to control more of the process. So users are going to be able to have more direct feedback from, from employers. They're going to be able to also know the jobs that are going to be a bit automated in the future, the jobs that they should not be applying for, the jobs that the economy is needing, the, one, the ones that pay more. There's going to be a more of an educational aspect uh, in the job search and a directional aspect also for users. And let's not forget the job search is very aspirational. And so this is where I think job boards have a lot of say to create a, uh, a, an amazing experience. And as far as the industry per se, well, the industry is merging. So we're going to start, you know, today we start seeing place, you have placement agencies and staffing agencies mostly, um, and you have the job boards, right? The different job boards all around. And those two are going to merge in the next few years. And this means that job boards are going to start being able not only to, to, to have job boards, but also to control the entire payroll process from, 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 from job search to payroll. And again, this is going to, this is going to empower job boards to enter new industries and it's going gonna, it's gonna to solve the industry for good. So very excited about the, about our vertical. I can see how that would inspire a lot of uh, interest in growth in the company. So that's very cool. I look forward to staying on top of it. Uh, where can people learn more about talent.com? Probably at talent.com, but where can they connect with you and where can they, um, yeah, where can they learn more? Yeah, sure. So uh, easy to connect with me at Lucas at uh, talent.com. And obviously talent.com is the best, uh, uh, is the best place to look for jobs. So yeah, that's the place to look. <laughs> awesome. Lucas, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been such a pleasure. Uh, again, I am so happy to be able to uh, celebrate a Canadian success story, of course, a global success story. And I just really appreciate your, your authenticity, your transparency, and your insight and foresight into the future of the talent market. Because I think that that's something that people are, it's going to, it's top of mind now, and it will continue to be top of mind for the years to come. So thanks for being Definitely. here. Definitely. Thank you very much, Anthony. A pleasure being with you today. Likewise. So folks, my guest today, Lucas Martinez, who's the co-founder and co-CEO of talent.com. As you know, I'm sure if you're a senior leader, talent, people development, and everything HR is probably high on your priority list. So your ability to manage that, to grow and develop in that is going to be critical. So check out talent.com, check out Lucas, learn more about the space so that you can better serve your people. And of course, keep subscribing to the podcast so you can better learn more about how to serve and lead your people. My name is Anthony Taylor. This has been the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. I appreciate you. I hope you're having an awesome day. I'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. We post twice a week, so you can count on us for your weekly source of content to help you grow and expand as a leader. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please consider giving us a review. We read every single one, and it helps us make a better show for you, the listener. Also, it helps more people find the show, which means we can help as many people as possible. We appreciate you listening and following along, and we hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. And as Anthony says, until next time.